All right. Oh, I'm so excited. Okay, this is episode one. This is our first episode of the Proby Podcast. This is Mike Ferguson here. Thank you for joining. Okay, uh, this episode is kind of just going to be a quick one. First off, if you, uh, I might redo the trailer. I might not. I don't know. If you listen to the trailer, I kind of wrote down what I wanted to say and tried to read it because they only give you so much time. But I don't like sounding scripted, and it kind of sounds scripted. So if if that's what it sounds like, there's the explanation. Not that I really need one, but anyways, this podcast is going to be a um, raw deal. I am not going to edit. Uh, first of all, I don't have the time. Second of all, I don't really have uh, the want to. And third of all, we're all human beings. We all make mistakes. We're all going to screw up. Let's laugh about it together, all right? And and critique. I mean, I know I'm going to hear critiquing. <laughs> I'm probably going to say some stuff that I might have to come back on and make corrections, and that's fine. Um, and I'll probably, you know, you guys are going to catch me from time to time sticking my foot in my mouth. And that's just all part of being a human being. I'm going to try my best to make uh, what I say, you know, as factual and as accurate as I possibly can. At the end of the day, I want this podcast to help and be entertaining, of course. So... Uh, what's this episode going to be all about? I'm going to talk really briefly on what we're going to talk about. I tried recording this once before and it got into a little bit too much about getting into each topic. And I don't want to do that. That's what the episodes are for. So I'm going to read off this list and we're going to start off. Um, I'm going to record another episode as soon as I'm done this, because this isn't going to be a long one. And we're going to tackle at least one of these topics. All right. So, what are we going to talk about? Let's ramble off this list. Why do you want to be a firefighter? Should you tackle this endeavor? That's a serious question. What needs to be in place before you can even apply? All right. And yeah, I am reading a list. So that part scripted. But what can you do to get an edge on the competition? Don't kid yourself. This is a competition. And what is the hiring process like? All right. Uh, you're not successful. What are you going to do next? And let me tell you, uh, statistically speaking, you won't be successful a few times, many times, too many times before you get hired. It's just the way the cookie crumbles. All right. And uh, if you are successful, what next? Hey, you know what? We're three minutes in. Screw it. Let's just let's just fly. Let's fly with it. All right. Why do you want to be a firefighter? That's a serious question that you need to ask yourself because not only should you know that for yourself, you're going to be asked this on a final interview. I don't know that I've been to a final interview. I've been to quite a few uh, where they didn't ask this question. It might not be the opening question. Quite often it is. Uh, Sometimes it's tell us a little bit about yourself, but between tell us a little bit about yourself and why do you want to be a firefighter? Those are probably like 95% of the time, the opening question that you're going to get in your final interview. Not only that, um, I think I've probably been asked this question almost every ride along I've been on. So you need to be prepared for this. Not just to give a scripted answer, but you want to be genuine and you should really know why you want to be a firefighter anyways. For me, um, yeah, well, well, we'll talk about me maybe on, on the next podcast. I should have should actually introduce myself anyways and tell you a little bit about myself. Maybe I'll get to that later. <laughs> Should you tackle this endeavor? That's a big one because it ain't easy. And if you don't have thick skin, 
walk on or go get some thick skin because this game isn't for you if you don't have thick skin all right um never been rejected by a girl this game's not for you never been rejected by a sports team this game's not for you uh can't stub your toe and look past it this game's not for you all right um if you can get faced with adversity get body slammed metaphorically on the ground of life and stand up and with your head held high figuring out where you went wrong and going at it again differently hopefully um, over and over and over again this might be for you okay if you crave adventure and different days every day like I do uh, this might be for you okay you need to make sure that you are willing to get knocked down and get back up again and get knocked down and get back up again I remember when I was young um, my dad and I we would wrestle you know as as fathers and sons do and there was this one time where he had me, um, he'd just push me up against the couch and I'd fall onto the couch, I'd get back up. And of course he'd push me back down, I'd get back up and push me back down and get back up. And we did this until, until I was so frustrated I was crying. And he pulled me aside and he said, look Mike, there's a reason why I did that. You need to understand that life's gonna do that to you and it's not just gonna be a gentle push like that. Life is going to body slam you to the ground metaphorically again will straight arm clothesline you to the ground will roundhouse kick you to the jaw to the ground over and over and over again and you need the strength to get back up right sometimes maybe you need to get back up a little differently so you're not repeating the same thing over and over again right definition of insanity doing the same thing over and over, expecting a different result. Don't be that person, all right? Um, I've seen a lot of firefighters, or sorry, prospective candidates um, go through processes because uh, I've been through lots and uh, you meet up with them throughout these processes. It kind of becomes this club, the one club you want to get kicked out of because you got hired, right? It's the club of candidates or prospective candidates that are trying to get in. And I've met countless people where we would ask what was new between the last year that we saw them and this year. Oh, you know, nothing, just working away. Have you taken any courses? Oh, no, I've been too busy. Okay, uh, what are you doing for volunteer work? Oh, you know, the same thing. I vol uh, volunteer at the Salvation Army or wherever it is they volunteer once a week. Okay, so you're not really doing anything different. And then in my head, you know, I, I wouldn't say these things out loud because you want to be encouraging and that's what it's all about, you know. But in my head, I'm thinking, how bad do you really want this? Like, every time that I am unsuccessful through a process, I'm evaluating myself, right? I'll give a call to the company that hosts the written test because most of them will give you feedback on how well you did and other than my first three written tests i've never not passed a written test but i do call every time i can to see where i've faulted where i could improve right if there's room for improvement i'm making it i want to make sure that every year that i apply is better than the previous year right it's the only way you're going to get hired um, not only that, but fire departments want to see that. 
and the the men and women that you're going to end up working with don't want to work with somebody who thinks eh I got what it I got what I need what more do I want no it's not like that I sure sure as heck no I would not want to be working with somebody with that mindset um, continuous betterment right when I went to the fire academy my instructors Maybe they'll listen to this, maybe not. Maybe they'll remember me, I doubt it. They see thousands of faces, but uh, the first day we show up and we get the speech, you know, and I'm sure if you went to Fire Academy, you'll, you've you heard a speech. Um, if you haven't, look forward to it because uh, your instructors will have wisdom to share with you that you're not gonna hear any other way, all right? So we walk into class the first day, we get the speech, and one of the instructors, one of the head instructors, um, Prince Kaizen on the whiteboard, K-A-I-Z-E-N. I'll never forget it. Um, and we were told, now I, I don't, I never fact check this. I just take it as though it was true. I should ask a Japanese person, but apparently it's Japanese for continuous betterment, meaning that we must all be getting better always. You're never the best. You never will be the best. And uh, as soon as you lose the mindset of continuous betterment, you might as well hang your boots up because you're done, right? What else is there to learn if there's nothing else to get better at? And uh, I've adopted that mindset throughout my entire life. This was years and years ago I went to the fire academy. So uh, you need to keep that in the back of your head, all right? <clears throat> Should you tackle this endeavor? You need to ask yourself that question. And you might not even figure it out until you've been on your first ride along. Uh, let me tell you a story of, uh, I think this might've been my, we'll call it the sixth ride along I was on or so, give or take. Now I get a story. Um, one of the probationers told me this story that this happened during his recruitment. So there was a candidate that, uh, showed up for his first day of ride along. They're doing crew crew change, right? And he's assigned to the truck that his captain's uh, manning, right? So he's on an engine, sorry, I shouldn't say truck. Uh, we'll cover some of those terms on a later podcast likely, but so he's assigned to an engine, they get a call. It's not fully staffed yet. So it's just him and the captain. The other guys, their gear is not switched out. Uh, captain and this, or sorry, I guess recruit candidate, hop on the engine, the other career crew hop on the quint that's there and they start flying out. So the captain and this kid, I'll call him, I don't know his name. Well, let's call him Bob just so that he's got a name. So the captain and Bob show up to this. It was a working structure fire, uh, no flames showing, smoke pushing out. It was light smoke pushing out of the, uh, the alpha side, second floor looked like bedroom window. And him and the captain throw on a pack and go in and to do a, uh, you know, your primary search. And I don't know if they brought somebody out or not. I don't, I'm not sure about that part of the story, but they come out and the captain is stoked that this candidate performed the way that he performed. And uh, the candidate takes off his mask and he's having a hard time catching his breath and he's getting emotional and decides... I, this is not for me. I cannot do this and walked away. The captain later then said, had he finished the ride along process, 
he was a shoe in he would have been in because of the way he performed on the fire ground as a candidate it was awesome the problem is a lot of fire academies you go to the the training is as realistic as they're able to make it but it will never simulate what an actual um scenario is like and i can attest to this so i guess this candidate got just overwhelmed by the situation and the utter sheer and decided this wasn't for him walked away he didn't even finish the ride along here in canada at least in the lower mainland british columbia which is the vancouver regional area uh, you generally have a four-day ride along with two different crews so two days at one hall two days at another hall and uh, he didn't even get to his second day so that's that's unfortunate it's actually an opportunity all of us dream on having but uh I guess this guy just wasn't chalked up to uh, to handle it, so we quit. Anyways, so that's one of the reasons why you need to ask yourself, should you tackle this endeavor? It's a very important question to ask. Maybe you need some volunteer time with a paid on-call department or, or whatever, so that you can understand what the intensity of this career entails, right? What needs to be in place before you can even apply? This is important, all right? Um, what needs to be in place before you can even apply? Well, in Canada, you need to graduate high school. Actually, I believe that's the same in the United States, but I can't speak to the United States. So those of you that may be listening that aren't in Canada, uh, bear with me. And definitely and obviously you need to check the requirements uh, of your local departments that you want to apply to before applying. Don't just take my word for this, okay? Uh, I'm just speaking from my experiences. So what you need before you can apply, you need to be a high school graduate. You need to have your class one or class three as a minimum with air brake endorsement. So those of you that don't know uh, here in BC, I, in different provinces, it's some of them are letter classes. Some of them are number classes here in British Columbia. It's a number class. So a class three with an air brake endorsement, obviously that's so you know how to safely operate and adjust air brakes. The class three is a tandem axle vehicle uh, with a gross weight of such and such pounds, I believe. Um, now class one is, that's what you need to drive a tractor trailer. Now we don't have uh, tillers out here in British Columbia, unfortunately, that would be too rad if we did. But we don't so class one is uh, you don't need it but of course if you're gonna go class three it's like a couple hundred bucks more just to get your class one and now you can drive anything under the sun right what if firefighting doesn't pan out for you now you got fallback options so you need a commercial class license three or one with an air brake endorsement you need your high school graduation you need your nfpa 1001 level one and level two uh, firefighting certificates this is um, this is like the bare minimum education to be a firefighter in, in the country of Canada, right? Uh, and also in the United States as well, as far as I understand. Now, there are some departments here that don't require that for you to apply because they're going to teach it to you upon application. That being said, uh, through the channels that I've been, the people that I've spoken to, I don't know that there's ever been a hire of somebody that doesn't have their 1001s. Uh, with a department that doesn't have that as a requirement. The reason is is because it's a competition, like I said before, right? If you're competing against other people that have their 1001s and you don't, 
unless you bring something miraculous to the table, you don't have um, you don't have a foot to stand on. Just because you, you know you got to show the dedication, they want to see that you're vested, all this stuff, right? So those are kind of the bare minimum things that you need to apply, all right? Which is going to kind of transition into the next question: What can you do to get an edge on the competition? This is the crux of most firefighters that are trying to get hired that are having a hard time. What can I do to be better than the next guy? There's a statement that I've heard um, going through these processes from my friends and family that I've heard more times than I care to admit. Mike, why won't they hire you? You're such a good guy. Don't they know how good you are? (laughs) To which I reply, yes, but do you know how good they all are? You are competing against the best of the best. Okay, let me give you a scenario here. One of the departments that I've applied to several times. Um, if you don't, if you haven't caught on yet, I'm not. I'm not a career firefighter yet. I'm in the process, just like some of you are, just like some of you hope to be. Um, this journey of me getting hired, you guys are going to get to share with me, and through my firsthand experiences, I'm going to share with you what I go through. Uh, and what you have to go through to get hired. It'll help you get a leg up, okay? Um, when you are competing, it doesn't it, it doesn't just chalk up to your final interview. It's not just how fast you can get through the fitness test. There are so many aspects to it. And uh, each fire department goes through each aspect with a fine-tooth comb to make sure that they are hiring the best of the best. And if you get to the final interview... You are the cream of the crop and they need to pick the best of the cream of the crop. All right. That's what a lot of friends and family don't really understand. It's not because you're not good enough. It's because everybody is amazing. Every candidate is an awesome candidate and that's what makes it so difficult. Okay. For example, one of the departments that I've been applying to uh, for the last few years, they get on average, give or take about 600 applicants. Okay, they hire somewhere between 25 and 35 candidates or or recruit firefighters, rookie firefighters uh, every year. That depends on how many people retire, how many people uh, move on or quit, which is rare. Um, Things like that, right? Or if they get a new truck, uh, hall is built, that sort of thing. So you are fighting for a position from 600 candidates. So now you take 600 people that have applied and half of them will make it to the written test, 300 people. They'll take from the written test, the top, I'm not sure. I'm not sure how many people. We'll call it half, okay? It might be, they might cut more people than that, but we'll call it half. So now you've got 150 people that have made it from the written test, all of those people are going to go through a fitness test, which weans out maybe a third. So you're looking at 90-ish people now that are all going to go through a ride-along process. And this ride-along process is going to weed out people with bad attitudes, um, people that aren't dedicated, uh, you know, that that sort of thing. If you make it past the ride-along and you get recommended for an interview, you are 
going to be amongst, say in that, out of that 600 people total, if they're hiring, I believe it's three to one. It's either three, three to one or four to one. If they're gonna hire, we'll call it 20 people for easy math, right? They want 60 people to interview, if that makes sense. So now out of 60 people, you need to be in the top third or top quarter to get the conditional offer. Now a conditional offer uh, comes with obviously some conditions. That's like, um, you know, you need to supply them with an updated criminal record check, an upgrade, an updated um, driver's abstract, that sort of thing. And upon completion of that, you've got a job offer. So what can you do to get an edge on the competition? Number one, if you're not involved in your community, start. Start yesterday. You need to be involved in your community. Um, and not only should you be involved for your own or with your community for the sake of your hiring process, you should do it to be a good person, to be a good member of your community. Um, I'll be honest with you. There is a huge selfish aspect to volunteering with your community and you don't understand it until you're in there. There is a sense of gratitude that you cannot get any other way than to go out of your way to help other members of your community without any expectation, want or need of um, compensation, right? Whether that's a lunch or money or whatever, out of the kindness of your heart, you take the time to go help other people in your community. Uh, you will feel that in your soul. And if you don't, maybe you should go back to that second question and first question, why do you want to be a firefighter and should you tackle this endeavor? Because if you don't feel that, perhaps you shouldn't be on this career path, all right? Um, those of you with passion and a want and need in your soul to help people, um, this is the job for you. And if you don't have that, you need to move on to something else because I'll be frank with you, the fire service doesn't need people who aren't into that, okay? Um, and I can say that from experience, and I'm only saying that because not, not from a career firefighter level, but I've been a paid on call firefighter for almost eight years, seven and a half years, and um, wildland firefighter for two seasons and an industrial uh, firefighter in the oil field for a year. Uh, I, I get it, right? Um, I've gotten it from my very first house fire from my very first medical emergency, from my very first uh, car accident, all of them, right? Uh, I know to the, to the core of my being that this is what I want to do. And you need to have that, not the same drive that I do, because I believe there's not many that have the same drive I do. <laughs> and that's me being confident and that's okay. Um, but you need to have something that drives you to want to be a firefighter, right? Whatever that is for you. All right, so there you go. Volunteer with your, with your community. Now that's not gonna give you an edge, okay? This is part of the bare minimums. Um, I told you that you need your commercial driver's license, high school graduation, 1001s. Volunteer experience is very much so on there that if you don't have it, they're likely not even gonna look at you, okay? You may not make it to the final interview. And if you do, you won't make it past there because they're looking for people that want to be and are involved in their community. All right. Uh, what else? You can take rescue courses. Now, the problem with taking rescue courses, and uh, I'm in this uh, category as well, is that you can pour thousands and thousands of dollars right down the drain taking rescue courses. Now, don't get me wrong. I've loved every single one that I've taken. 
they all expire. Okay, unless you pro board some of them, which are available to pro board. And for those of you that don't know what pro boarding is, it's uh, you will be conducting yourself through a series of tests in front of a panel. Um, this is I'm speaking from Heinle Rope Rescue to ensure to them that you know what it is that you're doing and you end up with a lifelong certificate. So now this doesn't expire. <clears throat> pro boarding costs a lot of money. It's why some people don't do it. It's why I didn't do it at the time. And I regret it because now between, you know, all of my technical rescue courses, none of them are valid anymore. So now I'm looking down the barrel of doing them again. <laughs> so why am I telling you why this might not be a good idea? Um, because you kind of want to think outside the box. Okay. Uh, fire departments are going really, um, now don't take this the wrong way. I'm not, I'm not trying to make this a political statement, but they're going very liberal with what they want to see. Um, the direction that things are moving. Uh, now, what what do I mean by that? Uh, gone are the days where you will hear, suck it up, be a man or a, a woman, and just suck it up and move on. Okay, Firefighters see some terrible, terrible things. Uh, things that can create nightmares, things that can affect your home life, your mental stability, um, all of this stuff. So gone are the days of people saying, suck it up. Okay. And if, if you're applying to a department where the personnel are like that, maybe you need to wait until they change their mindset. Okay. Unless you're willing to endeavor that because uh, you might be the person that creates that change. Okay. But, um, so taking something like critical incident stress management will shine on your resume because guaranteed 95% of the people that are applying are looking at things like technical high angle rescue, confined space technical rescue, uh, hazmat technician, which is a good course, don't get me wrong, that is one, that is one worth taking. Um, you know, swift water tech rescue, uh, ice rescue, all this stuff, okay? If 95% if of the people have that, that are making it to final interview, and one of the chiefs opens up your resume and they see, wow, look at that, this guy's been taking courses working toward their critical incident stress management certificate. That's awesome. You're going to stand out. So keep that in mind. Okay. You want to get an edge on the competition. You need to think outside the box. Maybe look into your department. Are they a forward thinking department that are, are looking for things like that? Um, then maybe you need to look into that. Are they not? Okay. If you're applying to a department that is now, um, I can't speak about this, this particular department's um, mindset as far as uh, forward thinking goes, but I do know for sure North Vancouver Fire Rescue is one of the busiest rescue departments in North America. Uh, North Van Fire performs so many rescues that it just makes other people's heads shake, right? Um, their, uh, their technical rescue team... Uh, goes to more calls than a lot of departments go through for the entire year. And I'm just talking their rescue calls. So if that was the department you wanted to go to, right, you had your heart set on that department, then it might be worth it for you to get every technical rescue course that you can get under your belt, right? That makes sense. But say you're not going there and you're going to a department that doesn't do a lot of tech rescue course or tech rescue calls then why would you waste your time and your money doing that? Think outside the box, okay? That's what I'm telling you. Do your research. You wanna get an edge on your competition? You need to figure out what department you're applying to and what they wanna see, okay? Sometimes that means visiting, talking to a rookie, talking to a captain. Hey, I'm applying. 
what would you want to see in, in a new recruit? All right. What's the hiring process like? Wow. I'm going to leave that for another episode. All right. The other two as well, not successful or you are successful or sorry, successful. <laughs> There's my foot in my mouth, right? What next? Uh, both of those, I'm going to wrap up into one episode and uh, we're going to break them down. The hiring process and what is it like and what stages? That's going to be a fun one. If you haven't gone through a process before, stay tuned, take notes. Um, feel free to post some questions. And uh, of course, if I don't know the answer, I will find it out for you and I will get back to you. That's the answer we all want, right? So I don't really know uh, quite what else to say in this first episode. Thank you for joining me. I'm excited to get this off the ground. I've been wanting to do this for a very long time. Um, and I just finally chalked it up, put the kids to bed. Uh, you know, the, the missus is out of town. So I have the time and the, and the quiet space to do it. So we're doing it. Stay tuned for more. Stay safe, work hard.